Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's start today in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. You have heard me speak about it. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him going into heaven. When I read this passage, I think of a, a, couple, uh, a couple of days into the future, especially for those of us who are younger, as we are, as we are uh, unwrapped our presents, there's trash all over the living rooms, Maybe the, the, the Christmas tree is already taken down, the tinsel is in the trash, and we're staring into, into the chaos, and we're going, oh, Christmas is over. It reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of the, the song, of Frosty the Snowman, of the wintry day where the, the kids put the magic hat on the snowman, and he takes them all over the place and they have the best day ever and then it starts to get warmer and then thumpity thump thump thumpity thump thump look at frosty go but he'll be back again someday someday he'll be back here we have the disciples asking all these big questions will the kingdom be restored to israel and and their master who had been back from the dead just goes up into the sky and then you get the the two men dressed in white going uh what are you doing here? <laughs> Jesus told you to go to Jerusalem. It's time to get moving. So there's a lot of that um, don't you cry, he'll come back again someday going on today. And the disciples uh, who had been with someone who had made them feel so alive, more than they had ever felt before, you know, they were with Jesus, life, with Jesus while he was alive. It was a miracle a minute, it seemed like. And with Jesus, they could do anything walking on water. He'd seen miracles done. And yet he was taken up out of their sight into heaven. And now they were living with this burning memory of him. And then a future promise that was just out there somewhere. <laughs> so many people handle life by living in nostalgia. And we have this brief moment, this glimpse into the disciples where I would be shocked too, even in spite of seeing all those miracles and, and seeing Jesus back from the dead, wondering like, there's a beat, what do we do now? <laughs> and there had to be just a flood of memories going through their mind. So the children in the, the Frosty the Snowman song and the disciples in the story are a lot like us when Christmas time comes around and when Christmas time's over, the magic fades. The spell's broken, our, our loved ones are leaving, and we're waving goodbye. Anyone else wait 
until they're like all the way down the street or you wave in the rear view mirror until you're all the way gone. You know, in a few days, the tree is going to be gone and if it, if it isn't already. And then everyone's favorite in just a couple of weeks, our diets are going to begin. And I'm not trying to bum you out, I promise. But stick with me here, stick with me here. But on that day with the disciples, you know, and after Christmas, you and I are actually perhaps in the best position of any other time of the year to understand the setting in the Christian life that takes place, like this in-between moment that we're in. We're in a beautiful place to understand this because for, for Christians, all of our life is in between. We've got all these promises of Jesus, but they're, they're not quite fulfilled yet. Like this is a huge, huge opportunity for all of us. Now that we're, we're getting into the season, in a few days we'll be taking all the, all the stuff back and putting all, all our decorations back and putting them back into the closet or the attic or the garage and holly and mistletoe are coming down. And there's going to be a lot of leftovers, hopefully, for all of us. But, um, but what do we do in the middle? What do we do in the, in the meantime? The other day on Instagram, I saw a picture of, of uh, my college friends. And it was just a picture of their Christmas tree. And the caption below it uh, was, was about their kids. So Brian and Sarah got married about the same time as Marie and I, and they, they started having kids sooner. And this was the first time in about 16 years that Brian and Sarah, they put up the Christmas stuff all alone. And Sarah was saying how when their kids were three and four, that, um, that it was really chaotic putting the Christmas stuff together. Kids were dropping the precious ornaments. They were taking ornaments off and putting them in their mouth. And she was saying, and now one kid had soccer practice to go to. Another kid just wanted to hang out with their friends. And they're all like too old for it. And they were looking at that Christmas tree with that sense of, oh, things are different now. There was nostalgia. And it had a grip on them. And they were grappling with it. But why, why does nostalgia have such a grip on us? You ever thought about the grip nostalgia can have on us? It's one thing to remember and to, to get together with some friends and tell stories, but left unchecked, nostalgia can have a grip on our minds, on our hearts, and on our emotions. I've started asking myself about this, and I, I've learned that in Latin, like the, the word nostalgia actually means search for home. We've been talking about that the past couple of weeks, this, this idea of home and our human longing for home and a place to feel safe and attached and secure. And back to our passage, that's why our two white-robed angels descended to these disciples while they're up there looking on the mountain. And they say, snap out of it, fellas. <laughs> snap out of it. Men of Galilee, why do you keep gazing into heaven? What are you, what are you wishing for? Of something that maybe used to be? Let's get a move on. There's a world out there to win for Christ. I know it's hard, but come on down the mountaintop. So if you're looking in your notes today, if you're not living in the present, you're not living anywhere. Nostalgia is a wonderful servant 
Not trying to be a killjoy for nostalgia. It's a wonderful servant, but it's a horrible master. I ever uh, I had a, a friend in college, really good leader type guy. He used to say, wherever you're at, be all there. I've also heard someone else say, if you're not where you're at, you're nowhere. In other places in scripture, we hear Paul, the apostle Paul, saying that he learned to be content, whether he was abased or bound, like he, he, he was content in all things. So over the next few days, I wanted us to think about this and have this tool in our back pocket so we can enjoy those sentimental journeys going down memory lane, nostalgia. Enjoy that. Go ahead and relive all the beautiful days of of the years that have gone by, but then come back to us. Come back to where you're at. We need you. Because if you're not here, you're nowhere. And we do, my friend. We need you. So maybe you're a widow or a widower. We need you and your story. I can't imagine going through everything that you've gone through. And we want to hear your story and we want to journey with you, but we need you here with us. We need you engaged. Maybe you're a young person and you're just waiting for life to begin. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to do do all the things and get the job and get the degree. Life's going to start, well, if I can just graduate, then life will start. That's almost like a future nostalgia. Don't forget, we need you to enjoy where you're at today. Someday, those days, these days of waiting, those days are going to be the good old days. So don't miss them now. And we need, we need you here now with us. You and I already have an eternal home. And it's not in the past somewhere. It's the home we have with God. We can miss it so easily. Psalm 90 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place all throughout the generations. God is our dwelling place. As I I look back on my life, there's been a few moments where I've had a little bit of perspective and clarity. Uh, There's also a lot of moments where I didn't have perspective and clarity and I thought everything was going to just explode in my face. But I remember talking with my friend Ben. We'd been at the same church for a couple of years at this point. It was around Christmas time and things weren't going well. He was the lead pastor. I was the associate pastor. There was just two of us on staff and we're in the office wondering like, how is this thing going to work? feels like people are leaving. Not enough money is coming in. We're literally going through bills saying like, which ones do we have to pay? And both of us were, were, were scared, we're anxious, talk about anxiety, like, will we have jobs? And I remember we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, you know what? Someday these are going to be the good old days. And now that was almost 10 years ago. And I can tell you when I look back on them, those were the good old days. I don't want to go through them again, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade them for anything. Wherever you are, be all that. And there's another aspect to this, this image of the disciples staring up into, into the heavens, kind of going like, uh, he said he would come back. Maybe he's just going to do a quick, like pop in up heaven and then come straight back. There's another aspect I want to point out to you. And it's this, the departure of Jesus 
does not translate into his abandoning us. And that's huge for us when it comes to not letting nostalgia be our master. That's where the good news is for you and me in in verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is a huge promise for the disciples, and it has implications for us because you and I still have um, access to the Holy Spirit. And if you're new around here, when I say Holy Spirit, that either raises some alarm uh, bells for you, or you're just like, what in the world are they talking about? Here's how the Holy Spirit's been described to me. It's it's the third person of the Trinity. It's part of God, but it's this, this conduit that connects human beings that can connect human beings to the creative power that created everything that you and I see and experience. No, no. And Jesus promised that it would be that it would be better for us that he left and we received the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16 verse 7 he promised, "I tell you the truth, it is good for you that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And there's this uh, day in, in church history, we call it Pentecost, where God sent the Holy Spirit and brought power to the church of Jesus to heal and to cleanse, to cast out demons, to, to heal lepers, to dream and do the unthinkable and to do the impossible and to love the unlovable. The good news is that same power is available to you and us today. God doesn't make promises that God can't keep. The Holy Spirit is available to us today. God hasn't abandoned us. So today, I want to just hopefully plant that, that image in your head and that seed of in your imagination that God still has, has a life for you to live, that you have a community of brothers and sisters with open arms saying, we need you. We know you've got pain in your past. We know that you have a story, but we we want you to share that with us. And we want to journey along with you. So, my friends, don't let nostalgia be your master. It's a wonderful servant, but a really bad master. So let's pray right now that, that God will open our eyes to all the possibilities of the future and the things that God has for us. So, dear Heavenly Father, would you please help us to know right now that you are for us, that you are with us, that you are pursuing us. We open our our hearts to you right now and ask that, that you would, as only you can do, give us hope for the future. God, help us to, to, to keep the past in its proper perspective, but to dream about everything that you have for us in this life. Open our eyes to that if we don't see it. And also, God, would you please Fill us with your spirit, your boldness and confidence and that over overwhelming sense that you are with us, that you have never left us, and that you are present in us, around us, and through us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. Until we're back together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. The Lord be gracious to you, and may the Lord give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit.